Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon by Bishop Shines is part seven of Fundamental Doctrines, with reference scripture Hebrews chapter six, verses one and two, and 2 Corinthians chapter four, verses nine and 10, all in the Amplified Classic Translation. Come on, let's go into the word. Read with pastor. Let's read. Therefore, let us go on and get past what? Elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundations of repentance, abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith by which you turn to God. Look at the last verse. With teachings about purifying, laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. Why? These are all matters of which you should have already, what? Been fully aware of. How long? Long, long ago. So these are the basic doctrines. And there are six plus of them, really, that are here that are listed. I am going to take whatever time it, it needs. I don't care if it's weeks or months. We are going to learn these doctrines. Your life is going to change as a result. Grab someone by the hand and tell them you're about to grow up this year, finally. Come on. Come on, grab another hand before you take your seat. Tell them you're finally about to grow up. All right, let's be seated. Let's be seated. Let's get into this. Now, turn with me, if you don't mind, over to uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Seventh, uh, we'll, well, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. And if you don't mind, let's start at verse number 9. I gave you part of this the other week, and I want to say this to you. Please look at Pastor. If you were not here for whatever reason, maybe you were out of town, maybe on vacation, whatever it is, was, please make sure you get the CD of the weeks prior. If you were not here, you really need this teaching. If you don't have a dime, I'll pay for you to have the CD. I need you to get the CD. You need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to get this in you uh, in this coming up year because there are going to be some quick things that are going to begin to happen. And I don't want you missing it because you didn't have a basis uh, of your understanding as far as doctrine. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians, uh, the fourth uh, chapter. Go with me again, if you don't mind, to the ninth verse. If you see it, even though we read part of this last week, I want to start here and let's do this again together. Start at verse number nine while you're sitting and read along with pastor. Let's read. We are what? Persecuted and hard driven, but we're not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our body. Stop right there real quick, and we'll pick up this in just a second here. Please write this down. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind, Audrey, thank you for those notes right there. Please write this down. Your faith, please write it, your faith does not exclude you and I from symptoms 
of death or spiritual challenges. I want to make sure that you get that. Please write that first clause down. We're going to write just a little more here in just a moment, but make sure that you write that down. Whenever death comes to the believer is for one purpose, and that purpose is the purpose of the resurrection. And I'm not talking about 100,000 years from now. I'm talking about in your present life. It's going to make sense in just a moment here. Every, again, make sure everyone writes this down. Your faith does not exclude you from symptoms of death. And I'll show you this again and again while you're writing. Uh, because the writer here, I think so profoundly by the Spirit, tells us, even though we're pursued, we're persecuted, we're hard-driven, he says we're not deserted, we're never going to stand alone. Even though we may be struck down to the ground, we're never struck out, and we're never destroyed. And then we're always carrying around, in verse 10 he says, the body of this liability and exposure to the same that Jesus went through. Now let me tell you why this is here, and let me tell you why this is part of understanding basic faith. Please hear me. I've traveled for decades, a couple decades to be exact. I say this with great humility. I was one of the number one sought out evangelists uh, in the largest Pentecostal Reformation in the nation, period. I often preached at the state prelate or the chief prelate, which would be considered an apostolic order or the chief apostle of a large reformation. Outside of that, I was also called to speak into the lives of uh, not just entertainers, but anyone that had structure and order in their lives to some degree. For whatever reason, God in his sovereignty, God called me to do that. What I learned was that even though uh, I was privileged and honored to do that, I learned that a lot of the faith teaching in our nation was not really biblically based. A lot of the faith teaching, and some of you may have come out of churches like this, they teach faith in such a way that they make it something so wonderful that nothing negative is ever attached to it. Therefore, you're always speaking the word or speaking in faith, but there are a lot of things that lack in your personal life. What we have found to be true is that a lot of faith teachers, pastors, have used various scriptures to make people feel good, but not giving them the whole of the truth. Because all faith is not just making money come to you. All faith is not making a big house come to you. Having faith doesn't mean that you're never going to get sick. Come on, talk back to me. That's not what faith is. Faith at times, even though there's a portion of it, I'm going to get into it, not all today, and you'll see it because we're all supposed to be soldiers, marching, believing, always confessing the right thing. But part of our faith, make sure you understand this, part of our faith is dying to situations. That if you never die to something, you won't even know that God is ever, ever able to resurrect you. And I'm not talking about uh, some calamity in your life where you get some modality or some disease and then you pass away unexpected. That's not what I'm talking about. What the, what the writer here is telling us is that even in our faith, there are times that we're going to be always surrounded by circumstances that bring persecution. I'm going to prove it to you. Please take your hand, put it over your heart. Please repeat this with me. And by the way, this is scripture. Please repeat this with me. Say, thy word, O oh God, have I hid in my heart 
Say, Jesus, you said, wherever the word is, there is also persecution. Come on, I want y'all to see this. Keep your hand on your heart. Say with me, thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart. Let me give you all the scriptures. Say it with me that I may not sin against thee. Say, even though the word is in my heart, according to you, Christ, Take that same hand, point out, say persecution. Come on, around your head is always around me. All right, look at pastor. Just because you and I are operating in faith doesn't mean then that persecution is not going to be there. So having faith doesn't exclude you and I from going through challenges in our life. Hear me. It isn't the will of God that he put sickness on his people. Why? It's, it contradicts him. He wouldn't put sickness on you and then turn around and tell you, but by my stripes, you're healed. That means that he would test. Now, it doesn't mean that sickness doesn't come. It doesn't mean that calamity doesn't come. It doesn't mean that challenge doesn't come. But in it, what God is simply saying through the apostle here is that even though we are operating, again, I'm dealing with the basic faith of the doctrine that we read in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 here. Even though there is faith that's operating in our life, don't ever be shocked when you begin to experience challenges. Because if you assume that your faith is going to get you out of the challenge the way you envision it, you're assuming wrong because it doesn't work that way. Why? Because the, the Paul tells us very clearly and Peter and the rest of these guys, they all tell us the same thing, that whenever our faith is activated, there's a challenge that comes with it. So even though we have faith, it doesn't mean that situations won't challenge you. Now, why did then Paul say that we're dying or that we take on the body of the Lord and we begin to die? Because as you go through life, there are going to be some things that are going to challenge. Listen to me, young people. There will be things that will challenge your faith. And what will happen, let me speak specifically now to our young group that's here, because you are our generation of leaders right now. When you begin to walk in faith, you're going to see things, whether it is in leadership, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your mom, your dad, your dog, your cat, whatever it is, you're going to see things that's going to challenge you for the point and to the point you're going to feel spiritually like you're dying. Because you'll come to a conclusion, if they are really faith believers, then why is such and such happening in their life? They're, they are faith believers, that's why it is happening in their lives. So when we're walking in faith, there are going to be times, whether we're young or whether we're old, there are going to be some challenges that you're going to find yourself in death situations. And again, I'm not talking about just physical death, people. I'm talking about anything that buries you. How many know that when we think of death or even baptism, the reason a person, he or she goes down in the water, it is a sign that they have died. The reason they come back up out of the water, it is a sign that they are alive again. So what does God do in our faith? He allows a job. He allows a business. He allows one of your dreams. He allows something you love. He will allow something you've been hoping, something you've been believing in. He will allow something in your life seemingly to die. Not that he's happy that you're sad. 
but he's more happy that you are going to be resurrected in it. But if you never go through it, you'll never know that God was ever able to bring you out of it. Not only is he able to bring you out of it, your life is not your own. So God allows us at times to go through things. That way someone else that is watching our lives will be able to look and say, wait a minute, if she went through it and she was resurrected, then God is able to resurrect my same situation. If they were broke and God brought them out, then God is able then to bring me out. If God then is able to raise them up, then God is able to raise me up. But here's the thing. A person that walks in faith, you may be the person then that God is calling to demonstrate his glory. I didn't say you, you volunteered for the job, but it happens that way. By the way, you did volunteer the moment you gave your life to the Lord because the Bible says in that your life is no longer yours because you have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And if somebody has purchased you, that means you are owned by the purchaser. Here's the good news. There is nothing then that God will allow us to go through that he won't be glorified in. So God is not on our side to make us sad. He's on our side really to make us glad. The thing is, you got to endure the death and before you get to the resurrection. Would you just reach over and give someone a high five and tell them resurrection? Resurrection's coming if you just hold on a moment. Come on, grab someone, give them a high five and tell them resurrection's coming. Just got to hold on a moment. Come on, let's go back to the scripture here. Let's go back to the scripture. Now, go to verse number 11 with me if you don't mind. Look at it. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to what? To death. For who? For Jesus' sake, wait a minute. That means every day that you are in the will of God, there is death that's working around you. I need to make sure that you grab this here. Every day, Paul tells us in another passage, we are like sheep that are being led to a slaughter to be destroyed. But how many know we can't be destroyed? Because our life is hidden in Christ. But yet there are parts of us that are being destroyed. I said this in the first service, and I want to make sure that you grab this. Put your hand back on your heart if you don't mind. Please follow pastor's instruction this morning. It's very important. Say with me. Say, in my heart, the Father himself have birthed in my heart a purpose. Come on, keep your hand on your heart. Say, I have a life in me that's much bigger than my natural life. I am pregnant with a purpose which will take eternity to fulfill. Everyone look at pastor. Every one of you have been given life and a purpose. There is something much larger in your life. Please hear me. There's something much larger in your life than just making money. I didn't get enough amens. There's some, listen, listen, listen. There's something much larger in your life than being in the right relationship. There's something much larger in your life than, than, than getting the stuff that you want. There's something much larger than that. Every one of us have been given a dream, a purpose, a desire. There is something. This is why you will never, listen, you will never feel fulfilled until you begin to live out the purpose in your life. See, or other than that, what you'll do is you'll chase the dollar. You'll chase stuff. 
can, let me, allow me to be a little vulnerable here. I was in the first service as well. For years in my life, God have blessed me, at least to be around those in this country uh, that have done incredibly well in their lives financially. Always had an opportunity to see some great things. Been around a lot of, million, a lot of millionaires in my lifetime. I mean, the, the whole gamut. It's been a privilege. It's been an honor to be on private planes and be picked up in Rolls Royces and picked up in Bentleys, picked up in chauffeured in limousines. Beautiful thing. But in the last year plus, God have opened up another door, set of doors for me to see something. And I want you to get this. For the first time in my life in this past year, I have been around multiple billionaires. Whole nother world. Now, here's the deal. God just didn't do that to make me feel good. There was a purpose to allow me to sit at certain tables. It wasn't because, listen, it wasn't because I'm so smart. Touch a neighbor and say, but he is for real. <laughs> Tell him he got a little something up there. All right. It, it had nothing to do with that. You know what it had everything to do with? Watch this. Would I be a gospel preacher, whether I was with the poor or with the billionaire. Would I still say Jesus is still the only way, listen, whether I'm doing well in a company or bad in a company. Most of us, watch this, watch this, we desire stuff. But God said, Matthew 6, first seek, I'm still in the basic doctrine, his word, his kingdom, guess what he said, and all those things, I'll give them to you. Will you touch two people and tell them God will give you all the stuff you can even dream of, but tell them it's still got to be about him first. So what God will do, what, what, what does that have to do with death? Often when we get an opportunity to be in situations we've never been in before, you know what we'll do? We'll shut down because we don't want to expose what we really believe in. Therefore, we don't really say what we're really there for because we're really trying to get along. That way we can keep rubbing elbows with the right people. And God said, that's not the reason that I really want to set you up. Can I prophesy in here? God is not just trying to set you up to prove that he is your God. That way you can hang out with a bunch of people that got a bunch of money. The bunch of money doesn't do you any favor unless you're being part of a bunch of that money that's coming anyway. So what difference does it matter to you if they fly you or, or, or make you cry? on a turtle to get there it has nothing to do with it what God wants to do with his people is set them up in such high places because there are people that need to know who your Jesus is watch this but what will you do with it once you get there will you open up your mouth will you say what God wants you to say or watch this will you just be smitten that you're there girl guess who I was with I was with such and such. It don't mean anything to me because until it gets to a point that you see all people as a person or as a human that is in need of Christ, then you don't even understand what your real purpose is. When God sits you in a place, God is not just sitting you there to make you feel good. Listen, I'm prophesying right now. God is going to begin to raise up so many of you young people as well. You're going to be in a position that you can either say what Christ has given you to say or you're going to compromise because you're too happy to be there. 
Don't sell out for the dime. Why? Because God is able to give you the dime without you ever selling out. God is able to give you favor even if you can't afford the favor you deserve. God is able to open up doors that your money, your lineage would never be able to open for you. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think if you simply trust his way and not your way. But guess what it's going to cost you? Death. Go back to the scripture. He says, you're going to find yourself being led into a place where you die. When I sat not too long ago, when I was out in Vegas at the, uh, one of the debates or something I was at, I don't know. And I was sitting there, uh, some different faith, it was four of us at a table. Uh, two of us had different uh, faith belief systems. Now, <laughs> I'm trying to help you understand that death is part of life. When I sat there, I could have easily shut up and got real quiet. But I felt, well, God had brought me here. Yeah, but pastor, like if you close the door, God can open up another. If God opened up one, he can open up another. How many know God is not limited to what he can do? So one of the messages from one of the men that was there, and he said it, so I just opened up my mouth and repeated what I believe the spirit would have me to say. His wife said, uh, tell the bishop. Please don't try to convert you. No, she said that for real. I said, tell your wife, not only will you be converted, but she's going to go through a conversion as well. <laughs> Some of y'all wouldn't have said that for nothing. Oh, no. Oh, pray the Lord. I ain't trying to convert you. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Oh, I'm not just here to do one thing. God is, God is much bigger than one thing. So if God puts you in a place, see, this is why some of us don't understand. Your faith is really alive in you. But what keeps happening is God puts you in a situation. Your mouth is bringing destruction upon you because you're not saying what God wants you to say. It isn't that God has not opened up the doors. Would you touch two people and tell them there's a lot of doors that have opened in your life? Come on, tell them. Tell them there's a lot of doors that have opened up in your life. But it's still up to you to say what God is saying. All right, I'll prove it to you. Let's go a little further. I got to get out of here. He says, thus, uh, verse number 12, go to the amp real quick. Uh, still there in the book of Corinthians. Let me just get out of this. He said, thus, death is actively at work in us. But for what reason? It is in order that our life may be actively at work in you. Yet, we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I have believed. And therefore, I have spoken. We too believe. And therefore, we do what? So notice what, notice what the writer is telling us. He's telling us, in essence, that we have the same faith. Go to Psalms 116. Psalms 116. I'll show it to you real quick. 116 and 10. Uh, yes, 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 Elder. Thank you. Oh, no, no. Let's go to 116. 116. Psalms 116, verse number 10. I want to show you something here. 10 and 11. That's it right there. Everyone can see it. Say man. Come on. Let's look up at the screen. Read along with pastor. Watch it. By the way, this is what Paul was quoting to the church that we just read when we were reading in the book of Corinthians over in the city of Corinth. Paul was actually quoting part of this. He was really saying what David was talking about. Come on. Let's go to it right quick. Come on. Read with pastor. I believed, trusted in, relied on and clung to my God. And therefore have I spoken. Even when I said, 
I am greatly afflicted. Look at, look at the next verse. I said what? In my haste, all men are deceitful. Notice what, notice what David did. Paul is showing us a contrast here. He's saying, we're doing what they did of old. But there is a problem when you do it under certain circumstances. Note the word that David put down. It's the word afflicted. I want you all to make sure you get that. Let me tell you why. Affliction is not just something, again, a disease or some disorder in your body. He's saying that when you are afflicted, which really means uh, in, in our English translation, when some kind of pressure is put on you, watch then what you say. Why? David said, when I was afflicted, I said something quickly. Uh, the King James, I believe, used the word hastily there. So he said, something came out of my mouth real fast. Let me tell you what I'm trying to drive you to. Understanding basic faith, please write this down. You must monitor what comes out of your mouth. There's a reason why, by the way, that Solomon said that when you are dealing with life, you should be quick to hear but slow to speak. Why? Because as David did, David spoke hastily when he was afflicted. Please hear your pastor. When you are afflicted or going through something, please hear me, that is the time you need to watch what comes out of your mouth. Why? Notice what David said. David said, all men are liars and deceivers. How many know not all men are liars and deceivers? They're not. But David said, but when I was afflicted, when I was hurting, when I was going through something, I said something. Even though Paul quoted him, I believe, therefore I spoke. We believe even though we speak, watch this, if we're not careful, the basic doctrine of faith, you will speak the wrong stuff. When you're going through, please hear me if you heard nothing else, hear this portion. When you're going through stuff in life, that's not the time to speak silly death in your life. That is a better time to be silent. This is why I am very cognitive of the fact that when I'm dealing with the circum whatever circumstance of affliction in my life, I don't share that with everyone. You know why? Because I need people around me that's going to say the same thing. Listen to me, young people. When you're dealing with something, don't get around the same people that's going through the same problem because you all have the same answer. Are you listening? If every, oh God, if everybody's smoking weed, one of y'all need to get out the weed club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know why? Because it's the wrong. You need to be around someone and say, hey, you don't have to go through that. Hey, you don't have to do that to yourself. You don't have to have that drink in order to cope with life. You can do better. You are better than that. But if everybody is, you know, saying the same thing, then while you're afflicted, you're speaking death over you. I shared in the first service, one of my dear friends. Now, again, I'm not saying you have to subscribe to this, but he is my friend and he is very blessed. Let me tell you something about him. He is a man. That, that left, Lord, the left the Lord at a very young age because he was hurt because of something that had happened to his mom in church. And when he got hurt and saw what his mom had gone through, his dad had died. The dad, the dad was preaching. They did the mom wrong in the church. The mom stayed in the church, but he became so brokenhearted because of what they did to mama in the church. He left the church and just stopped serving God. He not only stopped serving God, that opened him up to so many horrible doors in his life. He actually began to shoot heroin. 
became a heroin addict and ended up in jail. Came out of jail, but his mama would still watch this speaking the word of life over her son. Thank God for some mamas that won't give up. Thank God for some people that just won't give up. See, we got to have that same spirit on her. Mama wouldn't get up. And the reason I know it, I was just at a funeral just a year and a half ago there in Michigan. When God began to deliver him, he began to put in my friend the word of faith. And this man began to speak such powerful things. Watch this. He went from injecting heroin into his arms to now he's one of the wealthiest men in his whole city. He right now owns a very large network that has just been picked up by DirecTV, by Dish. And now 80 plus million, 100 plus million people can view his network around the world. God took a heroin addict and raised him up to own everything that he owns. Now watch this because this is getting into the I believe therefore I speak when I'm around him he is so strict on me that I don't know sometimes what to say true I was up preaching for him at his old building and you know sometimes we just say words now again let me just put out this advertisement I'm not saying you have to do this I'm just saying how he lives and I can tell you the results of it to the point I watch what I say especially when I'm around him I don't know what I was saying. I was up preaching. There was a couple thousand people out in the audience. Man, I was rocking and rolling in that place. They were swinging off the chandeliers. I was having a good old time. And just out of nowhere, I may have said like something like this. And I don't think this was it, but it could have been something like this. Man, you all are just, I just love y'all to death. Just something like that. And while I'm preaching, I could hear him on the back seat saying, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. There's thousands of people out here. And he's saying, Satan, and he got up. I, I'm thinking, he's talking to me? Good, you know, because I'm not Satan, am I? <laughs> and I'm thinking these thoughts, and he walks up while I'm on the mic. But the people couldn't hear, and he whispered me, don't you ever speak them words of death. Nobody, you know, something. whatever it was that I said, he rebuked me on the spot. And I had to rethink my words, because I'm in this man's church. And I'm looking at this man's life. And this man is so sincere. He goes by the scripture and he'll tell you in a minute. The Bible says that life and death, Proverbs 18, 21, is in the, everybody point to your own tongue. Say, this is where life and death is. Come on, say, according to Proverbs 18, say, life and death is right here, baby. So every time you speak death, Jesus said, by your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. So what comes out of you is either going to give you life or what comes out of you is going to give you death. And so I'm around him and his family all the time. I, I, I sleep in this guy's mansion when I'm there. And, 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 and I'll never forget, I was saying something about my children, but I used the word, and I'm not saying again, you have to believe this. It's up to you. That's your business. But I used the word kids. I said, you know, my kids, such and such. His wife looked over at me and said, please don't say that again. Your children are not kids. I said, I'm sorry. I, I thought, I was thinking, did I say the word kids right? I, I, this man makes me go through so many changes in my, I looked at his wife. I said, what do you, what do you mean? Because I'm, you know, boy, they'll make you humble. I said, what do you mean? I just had to get humble. She said, you know, kids is a spirit of a billy goat. And anything that's a goat is rebellion. Don't you ever speak words like that. So you know what they do? They never call their children kids. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that. If you want some little Billy Goals, that's all up to you. <laughs> but you know what? 
I look at his life. And this man, when, when you walk into his multiple places, he's blessed and he's not ashamed of it. When I bought one of the cars that I bought many years ago, he called me up to rebuke me for buying it. <laughs> I'm like, what I do now? <laughs> what? 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 He told me, he said, yeah, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. He said, you're a man of faith. You should be doing better than that. I said, but it don't bother me. He said, it should. I said, but what difference does it make? You know, I'm thinking, what, what, what's the problem? And he began to explain to me some things out of Abraham. He said, let me tell you something. He said, God wants his people blessed beyond measure. He said, God wants you to be the head and not the tail. Who are you to make yourself a tail if God made you a head? I said, but what difference does that make? He said, it makes all the difference in the world. I said, but I don't feel like dealing with the pressure of what folk on this. He said, man, you better let them folk go do what they're going to do. He said, because God will bless you and them folk will still criticize you. So you know what I decided? I ain't going to tell y'all. <laughs> See, you and I have the power to speak life or to speak death. So how do we deal with it? Part of basic faith is saying the same thing. You know one of the reasons I, that we're on this fast right now? And I told this on my daughter. She wasn't here in the first service. She is now. She called me, and I, I think she used the word sadistic or something to me. What was the word you said to me? That I was being a tormentor. I'm sorry. <laughs> she called me the other week, and she said, you're a tormentor. I said, why would you say that? She said, who looks at TV for 10 minutes? <laughs> I said, well, you got 10. I said, Dr. Gans said a commercial is six minutes. I said, choose your commercial wisely. I'm trying to show y'all something in this faith thing. You know why I have you all turning off your TV except for certain hours? You know why I have you all praying out loud? Do you know why I have you study or reading scripture for at least 10 minutes? Because I'm trying to get your faith to get activated in your spirit. That way, once you begin to hear what comes out of you, watch this. You won't sing it to death on another radio station. I didn't know why he was doing that. I'm trying. I'm not against some of this silly stuff, but please hear your pastor's heart. If I got you speaking life, but you jam into death. If you sing in life or sing in death, but you're speaking life, James says that a double-minded person is unstable in all your ways. You say life, but you jam in death. That's my jam. So you, you putting your jam on death. But you think you're speaking life. I'm, listen, listen. I'm trying to get you, each of you, into a place that you begin to enjoy the purpose that God had really put in your heart. Every one of you are called to do something phenomenal. But if, I, if you keep singing death in the name of it's just my jam. See, you all may think, well, Pastor, that's just old and foggy. Not, no, it's not. Listen, young folk, listen, 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 baby. We had music like y'all had music. We just weren't calling each other names in our music. Because if you called a girl a name like that when I was coming up, her brother would beat you to death. 
And then her daddy would come get your body and then beat you some more. And then dead folk would raise up from the dead and beat you again. We just were not allowed to say certain things. So I'm not knocking music. I'm saying you got to watch it. I, I feel bad for your generation because you don't have a lot of good music. I know I pay attention. Not only are these songs now misogynist and men calling women. Can I say ho here? I just did. <laughs> I certainly can't say female dog, can I? They call them bitches, though. I didn't. I'm just saying what they said. And now you got women calling themselves that. So in other words, you've allowed someone not only to degrade you, now you degrade yourself by what's up? I didn't say it. You say it. So the spirit of what you're saying is you're a female dog. How about you ain't a dog at all? How about God paid for your life? How about you deserve better than that? How about no man should be calling you that mess anyway? I wish I had some help. So we got a culture of death, and I'm trying to say to our young people and moms, dads, when you, oh, Lord Jesus, I better go. When, 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 when you subscribe to that silly stuff by trying to be friends with your children, with it, you're killing the faith that God really has for them. Mamas, daddies, stop acting like your children. You need to grow up. They don't need to see you with your tight stuff on. That day should have left you. Child, I got a girdle on. It's working. Take it off. Boom. It can't be all that if you got to tighten it up. Do the tighten up. Don't look at me funny. <laughs> See, we got to grow up. I'm, I'm just being real. Can, can I keep it real for just one more minute? I'm just trying to get y'all into a place of faith. I'm just trying to make sure that y'all understand. Listen, I'm saying this. Close your Bibles. I'm, I'm finished. Really, I am. When I ask you all to pray for me, I wasn't just throwing out something. I wasn't just saying that because I'm going here and I'm preaching and speaking there and that kind of thing. I'm telling you there's a purpose in me. And that purpose deals with a whole lot of power and opposition. Listen, and if I'm doing it and you're part of this ministry, guess what? The oil that's from Aaron's beard flows on the, you better know your Bible. What, what does that mean? To, oh, Aaron in the Bible represented the type of Christ. The Bible says in Exodus uh, 28, that oil, the spirit of the Lord fell from his beard upon the garments. Garments is a type of the body of Jesus. Well, it's the same thing as a pastor. What a pastor represents will fall then upon the people. If God is opening up faith doors for me and things to me to speak, guess what? That means that the way that God is operating in G to G, there's an oil that's here. Now, we could be a different kind of a church. I could be a church that didn't get into any kind of issues, never talk about any kind of topic. I don't know how I could do it, but I could choose to do it. And, and, and so if God is raising me up to be one, guess what? God is in raising you up to be one. But the enemy says, I'm going to make sure that you're embarrassed by whatever you do. Therefore, when you die, you stay dead. I believe in resurrection. I believe that God wants you to exceed at everything that he ever put your hands to. Mamas and daddies, don't you give up praying over your children. You keep speaking life into them. Keep saying what they're going to do. But pastor, they're getting high. I don't care if they're getting high out their brain. I declare this day, my daughter, my son, whatever it is. Boom. God said this and this is what's going to happen. Happen. You don't ever give up because the enemy is fighting. 
We believe, therefore we speak. What's your belief system? I believe God is about to do something exceeding, abundantly, above all that your brain could even conceive. I believe this year is going to turn your whole year around. I believe whatever stuff you've been waiting on, man, God's going to give you that and then some. I believe great doors are going to open for you that's going to blow your mama's mind. I believe that so many things are going to begin to happen. You're going to get tired of stuff happening. You're going to have to get to a point, Lord, I know I don't deserve any of it, but God, keep on letting it keep come to me. I receive every blessing you have for me. I believe that love that you wanted, God's going to give you love. I believe that doors that God wanted, God's going to open up the door. But you are going to have to speak it. Heads about, heads about, and eyes are closed all over the sanctuary. Would you repeat this with me, please? I'm finished. Say with me, Father, I thank you that over 2,000 years ago, you died. Three days later, you were resurrected. Say, I believe one day you're going to come again. But before you get here, help me that I'm ready to do your will. Say, I believe if you come into my heart, Live in me, live through me, my life will change. I believe there are great things in me, and I will fulfill them. I believe there's destiny in me, and it will come to life. Say it with me, my failures of my past do not define my future. Say it again, my failures in my past do not define my future. Say it again, my failures in my past do not define my future. Therefore, I lift my hands to you. I open up my mouth and I make this decree. God, you are who you said that you are. And I worship you and give your name praise. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.